Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I'm your host, Andrew, joined today by Todd and Chuban. Before we get to those guys, just a, a, a word of apology for those of you who listen to the pod regularly that we did not get a pod out last week. You might hear it in my voice. I've been quite sick and uh, schedules simply did not mash up during the international break, but it was an international break. So we took an international break and Spurs came back and got us a 2-1 win against Leeds to uh, to kick off this run of fixtures, which will take us clear into the new year and it was a good day uh we'll start off by kicking it over to london to at the real shuban shuban what's going on my friend hi guys yeah it's good um it was i saw quite a few um leeds fans on the way and um i was actually because i was in tottenham a bit this afternoon and um there was a bit of excitement um obviously his first full game and what he could what who is he who is he going to pick and as you boys saw as, as i was driving on the way home, I had a picture of the team bus, so which I sent to the chat. So it was a bit, it was a bit surreal because it's like just to see how they crossed. The, oh my god! I, I mean, I, the fact that they, I'm not going to say what, what the roundabout was, but the fact that they used that roundabout, I was like, oh my god, I use that roundabout all the time. And yeah, so yeah, it was quite, it was good. And um, I'm, I'm going to still TC's line. Sorry, mate. Anytime you get the chat, Spurs, you mates, it's always a fa- banging day, mate. It is indeed, and I'm just I'm just glad to hear that you call it a roundabout because that's what I grew up calling it as well. So there's a number of different names for that that type of traffic configuration. I know, and uh, I'm glad that you call it a roundabout. Uh, TC underscore Kasho on Twitter. Todd Father's in the house as well. Todd, what's going on, man? Gentlemen, Shuvan's absolutely correct. Any day that you get to talk about <clears throat> a come from behind victory and Antonio Conte getting four points out of a possible six. And his first two matches, uh, his first matches as a, as a uh, Tottenham Hotspur manager, it is, in fact, a good day. Any day that you get to talk about Sergio Reguilon finding the back of the net with a, a cockerel on his chest is an amazing day after 50 appearances. And every fucking day that you get to talk about my Viking finding the back of the net is a glorious day. And PEH did not disappoint. Fuck you, Scott. And, and, and we all know what that's about. But speaking of Vikings, there's a guy, um, there's a show called The Last Kingdom, which is about Viking Raiders to England. And one of the actors is a big Leeds fan. And twice I tweeted at him about like, Tottenham beating Leeds. And the guy hasn't killed me. It's a big six foot five Norwegian or something. And um, so, yeah, it's just like, just the idea of Vikings and everything, just seeing him. But yeah, it was. Um, it was well, it's okay. The, the, the Norwegians are well aware of Danish superiority. It's fine. <laughs> There we go. I don't even know where to take it from there, but we'll <laughs> we'll jump in anyway. Guys, I can't remember the last time um, that Tottenham came back in a way like this. You know, I've seen them fall down and maybe come back for a draw, but the way they so emphatically changed things and turned things around in the second half um, was remarkable to me. Um, let's let's start though by talking about the lineup and the changes we saw. Only two changes from the game against Everton a couple of weeks ago uh, before the international break. And those were Harry Winks coming in for Oliver Skip, who was obviously uh, on a, on a one match ban because of yellow card accumulation. And then Jaffa Tanganga came in to play right center back for Christian Romero, who picked up a knock on an international break. Um, what did you guys make of the lineup? It's kind of, I don't think it was too unexpected, right? Shuban. But I mean, this was at least, you know, we're used to seeing this formation now out of Conte over a few games, and this was kind of what we what we thought we would see. I think when, I think Romero got injured. Is it on 
last Tuesday against Brazil. And there was like talk who's who mean touch and go. And I think there was quite a few players. I mean, I think Hoiberg got injured or something and Sonny got injured. And there's, there's always a bit of that dread. But, you know, but yeah, I mean, I, Natanganga came in. I don't think he did a terrible job. I, I would, it's interesting one thing that we've got, was it this is the fourth manager or fifth manager, for, I lose count now, Tangi Ndombele has had. He's had two weeks with, now under Conte because he wasn't picked for France. And yet, Conte said, Do you know what? I'm starting the game. I'm going to pick Harry Winks over Tangi Ndombele. And that says, for me, volumes about Tangi Ndombele. You know, why has he not been starting? Yeah, because that game was crying out for someone to pass midfield, for someone to control the tempo midfield. Harry Kane, Harry Winks is a tempo setter, but he won't be doing those forward passes. Tongi Dombele will do those forward passes, but he can't set the tempo. And I think that's an issue that I have no idea how Conte's going to solve it. Well, I think it's and, and <clears throat> you bring you you raise an excellent point. Um, Harry Winks is not the person that you want to turn to when you're looking over at the bench and you need to replace Oliver Skip. Um, but to be fair, if you actually listen to, to Sergio Reggion, who also stayed behind um, at, at the, uh, you know, after the game, he, he talked about how last two weeks were hell and how the training regiment beat the brakes off of these boys, as it should have. Because, I mean, let's come on. Dude. We, I don't, I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but. I, it's not, you know, Nuno was what he was. Um, <clears throat> that said, Tongi Ndombele has never really been known for his fitness, despite the fact that he's probably the fittest that he's ever been. There's a decent chance that he picked up some training knocks and his wheels are freaking dead right now. He's got some dead legs, right? Um, so, you know what? If he's got to sit and he's got to work his way back into this side with with Conte fitness, I'm not mad at that. I think as he looked over it and said, do I want to play tired legs on a guy who I know isn't exactly the greatest at tracking back anyway? Or do I want to play the fucking Energizer Bunny uh, and, and just try to fill space against the side that could maybe beat you in a couple of ways but isn't going to pummel you and attack? You're probably going to get a fair amount of the ball. Um, I don't hate the decision from Conte, though I feel like – Harry Wings did the best that he could, but was still very shit. Uh, and compared to what Conte is going to want out of somebody that fills that role, I think that's a really good shout, Todd. Especially when you look at the way that the game played out. I mean, as as bad as the first half was, and it was extremely bad from a creativity standpoint, from a shot standpoint, there were still no shots on target throughout the first half. Uh, this team got up around, I think it was two hundred and seventy some odd minutes. Uh, without a shot on goal overall before Harry Kane. I think it was actually too uh too fucking many is yeah, what it was. Too, yeah, exactly. Too fucking many. Um Harry Kane got one early in the second half that kind of uh, broke that that streak, but it had been too long for, from a creativity standpoint for this team. Um but in the second half this team outran the hell out of Leeds. I mean, they 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 outran them in fact. The stat that uh, Sky Sports showed that I'm sure everyone has seen the graphic now they outran them by 3.7 kilometers uh, in the second half alone. Uh, now they outran them by half a kilometer in the first half, but but that gap was so far increased in the sec- in the second half. Um, and Leeds seemed to tire, and 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 Spurs didn't really. I mean, at, at least enough of Spurs didn't, um, and they were able to get those two goals and kind of carry it out. And I think the fitness part of that is a really really good shout, especially when talking about something like Ndombele versus Winks. 
Yeah, and I mean, ultimately, as you're looking at the rest of the lineup, it pretty much picks itself given the given the folks that were available. Um, what I would say is is kind of um, I'm really tired of seeing Eric Dyer and Ben Davies stand next to each other on a football pitch, and I hope that we're seeing a numbered amount of days that that happens again. It, it's I mean, it's pretty it's pretty concerning that I have four distinct memories that I can come up with right now of goals that we have conceded against lesser opposition in which Eric Dyer and Ben Davies are left looking at the ball in the back of the net and then looking at one another going, what the fuck just happened? And I'm just, I'm so very, very tired of it. So uh, in my opinion, Tanganga had ups and downs today, Shubes. I don't know if he was super shit. Um, For me, Ben Davies was very shit. Mr. 6.4 was... I mean, we, we got a W, so you're always going to get give a few point bumps or percentage point bumps. But I think he was right on his number, Andrew, and, and I think it was pretty. Uh, I was pretty woeful, to to be honest. It's not something I enjoy watching. Yeah, I didn't think Davis was that good. Um, Dyer, I didn't think was 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 too bad actually. Um, but but what I was actually curious about was, you know, I think we knew those two were going to be picked. Um, and until this team is able to get a few more center backs in, obviously they brought in Romero, who was hurt, but. Until this team can get a few more in, or decide that Joe Rodon is the guy to play on the left instead, um, I think my big question mark was the Tanganga versus Davinson Sanchez debate. And obviously, we saw that sub made in this game. What were your thoughts, Shuban, on on Tanganga over Sanchez for that right center back role? It's weird. I think Tanganga is just naturally well. He's from Hackney, so being aggressive comes quite naturally to him anyway. But um, I don't know. It just I just thought he was a bit more. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to hate Emerson Royale, but it's as if he wants to go a bit more forward. He really showed a bit more encouraging, but he he felt that it wasn't like a case of like this is my job, this is what I have to do. It was more like he felt there was a freedom in his role or something. Because I think because Davis went forward. Like, I think Davis and um, Dyer, they, I'm sorry, but they're they're a low rent Jan and Toby. Do you know what I mean? They are, and you know. And unfortunately, unfortunately, unless we have some incredible, I know there's a Hitchin and Paratici, or I'm doing some wonderful new scouting thing, but I don't, I don't see us getting, you know, a brand new one, one of those anytime too soon, kind of thing. But um, no, I mean, I think it's interesting. I think you want competition for your place. Um, Davis Sanchez was, I think, he was the record buy until we bought Tanganga, until we bought Ndombele a few two years later. So if you're, if you're, if, you know. And I think that says volumes for contest. And look, I don't care how much you're bought for. I don't care what salary you're on. I'm going to play whoever I think is the best person for the same. And and to be fair, I, mean, I was giving Harry Winks a lot of shit and I was giving Lucas a lot of shit. And I still will give Harry Winks and Lucas a lot of shit as well because I think this this win papered over some cracks. First of all, Leeds, they didn't know, there's no Rafinha, there's no Bamford. Most of those most important, Dan James and Phillips are the only two names I really, I really recognised. They had a bunch of kids on their bench. This was a very much, you know, weakened lead side. Even with the international break, they've had to bring players back. They, they are still much weakened. And we didn't, you know, we struggled. And we hopefully, I don't, I don't know who won this game against, hopefully Conte, given time, will actually manage to iron out more kinks. I don't know where else you'll ban, apart from the ketchup and the mayonnaise and the mustard. I mean, but I don't, and it's part of the part of the playbook. You know, they'll say get fitness. Well, we've shown a bit of fitness. We've shown we ran. Was it how many kilometers? But 
we have to do so much more because if you look at those Leeds players, that first half, they had a plan. They knew where each other was. They knew what they're doing. Yeah, because Bielsa only has coached them. He's got them. He only coached them once. You know, they they only play once a week at most. I'm going to be interested to see how Conte does this because, you know, he's got. Was it we play VS Mora? I think. I think Thursday. I don't know if it's away. I think it's, I think it's away. So obviously there's 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 the fly and everything else. They will play a Sunday. Is there going to be the time to do that coaching? So it'll be interesting to see what happens next. No, I, I think you're right, Shuban. And and you, you talk about the plan there between you know what Bielsa is able to do with Leeds. But I mean, I, I have to say, as bad as that first half was, and we were we were miserable. We were you know cursing Harry Winks and Lucas Mora and and even even Sergio Reggiano at points um, in that first half. But I can at least see improvement in the in the few weeks that Conte has been here. You can at least see what what is what is being built a little bit um well it just this... it looks professional andrew it looks like somebody right. knows what the fuck they're doing and previously i can't necessarily say that with confidence correct no i, th- I think you're 100 percent right and i just i feel like um this is better than it was which is i think all you can ask for when a manager comes in a, a new manager and and you can't expect it to especially with a change of system i don't think um you know uh, I'll, I'll shout out Scotty a lot because Scott, uh, you know, who, who's, who's traveling to be with family this week for the holiday um, and can't be with us today and, and shout out to him. But he really harps on this system and how it needs to be um, on wingbacks. And a lot is relied on the wingbacks. Well, this team in its entire squad has one true wingback and his name is <coughs> Darty. You know, there's not another true wingback on this roster. Um it, it's it's true. I mean, as much as you want to struggle, I mean, that, well, no, I just, I mean, Sergio Reguilón could you could technically call him a left wing back as kind of where he played throughout his time in Europe. I mean, but it's something where he was always crashing. He was always crashing. He was always crashing. Like that's something he was always arriving. He even talked about it in his post game. Like that's something that Conte wants him to do more of. That's something right. that he was doing before. And so you know, they they won the Europa League on a fucking Sergio Reguilón back post goal. So I, yeah. I mean that's that's the only reason why I shrug at it. Other than that, you're absolutely correct. On the right hand side, we <laughs> Matt Doherty is it, and it's not pretty. But even in terms of his history and his training, I mean, Reggian is not someone who is has just traditionally been trained as a wing back. He's traditionally been trained as a left back and playing in a four. So this switch of system, you're you're all of a sudden telling guys, okay, your role is now so much more important. You have to do so much more running. And and we saw the interview with Reggian after the match. You know, he said he was dead but happy because he was so gassed from how much running he had to do up and down the pitch, playing both, you know, having both roles, both offensively and defensively, having equal um, responsibility. Well, I thought he was also referring to the two weeks of training that he had been doing, he had been doing under Conte. That's kind I of what, what I thought he was referring to more than anything else. I mean, more than the actual game itself. But I, listen, I, your I point, think you're your right about game. that. But I think, but I think, I think you're right about that. But I think the game is also like every game is going to have to be like that. And him building up fitness over the last two weeks is leading to hopefully these games getting easier for him and him being able to do that more. Um, and that's going to be the goal for 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 all of these 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 wingbacks. Well, yeah, and I absolutely agree with you. And the reason why I say that is because we watch fucking Jack Harrison. Jack Harrison, for who the American listeners know him as the uh, NF or NYCFC product that made good in the Premier League, um, absolutely skinned Emerson Royale. Like it was, it was embarrassing. I put in the chat that uh, Harrison and Daniel James 
we we made them look like Marcelo and Cristiano Ronaldo. Like, I mean, it was it was fucking embarrassing how bad they got beat. So that shows that as much as as um, as much as we want Emerson to do more than he's capable of, we're asking an awful lot out of him to be that consistently in the Premier League, and we're going to have to upgrade at that position, in my opinion. Uh, and get somebody who's a more traditional right wing back if we want to run this system as effectively as I think we can. And this is where I go to Shuban, who has been on the convert Lucas or Bergvine to right wing back train. Is that the better option, or is it just as easy to train someone like Emerson to be more of a wing back and and coach him to do that, or find someone totally different to do it? Also, isn't Ryan Sessignon a left wing back? Yes, that's a good point. That's a good shout. Well, it's a weird one with Sessignon because at Tottenham he's been a left wing back, but at Fulham he played there, he played as a striker, and he played in what I suppose like as an inverse left right right wing forward. So he's played quite a few positions. But I think uh was it Schalke or Hoffenheim he was at last year? Hoff- Hoffenheim. He was playing he was playing a left wing back. Um the reason is the reason I'm saying about Steven Bergwine, not that I mean, Steven Bergwijn, really, he's, I think he's best really playing off, coming off the left. That's what he likes to do. The reason is, I've, the reason I've really mentioned Steven Bergwijn is the fact that when he, when, when we were playing that front three of Kane, Sonny and Bergwijn last season, and when Bergwijn had a bit of confidence about him, he was just putting such a defensive shift in. And it reminds me, I, I don't know if you guys remember Dirk Kout, if you remember him back in the day. Dirk Cat played Liverpool, and he wasn't the most um, brilliant striker, but the amount of work he would do as a striker, pressing and everything, you know, I'm not saying that that Liverpool team couldn't survive without him, but you need they needed him to do that. And I still think that still not Steven Bergwijn's got that. I mean, for me, Lucas is the most frustrating player I've ever known. Honestly, he's like, Oh, we lost. We lost Shuban. Yeah, no. I, He's uh, like, go ahead. <laughs> no, you're fine. We can we can wait for him to come back in, and I can edit it, or or either way. No worries. Play, play on. Okay. All right, we'll Player. play on. No, you brought up Sessignon too, and and you're right. Sessignon is, um, you know, a, I I actually liked what I saw from Sessignon when he came on today, and and he is another product. But obviously, Reggion was brought into this team to 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 do a job as well. So those guys, I mean. There's going to have to be some be some kind of harmonious living there in the future for them, I would think. If Sessignon can be our midweek left wing back, that makes me extremely excited. That's why we had him. That's why we groomed him. That's why we had him on loan and groomed him on loan. Like, this is exactly why you have Sessignon now for a manager like Conte that wants to deploy a left wing back. My honest to goodness concern is the right-hand side. Because the thing is, is that we look over to that right-hand side and we see Matt Doherty sitting on the bench. And I think to your point, you said in the chat earlier today, Something along the lines of <clears throat> Conte celebrated like a champ, Stevie B and Matt Doherty did not. <laughs> right. Yeah, no question. Shuban's back. You were making a point. Well, sorry about that. Sorry about that, guys. Basically, That's what right. I'm saying is, that is I'm saying that essentially it's kind of like, I don't want to say it's like a midget, but essentially it's like Lucas Moura wants to be like Moussa Dembele, but he's just knowing it big enough to be Moussa Dembele. And, then, you know, and basically, if you barge into someone, you're not big enough to knock him over, whereas Muslim Ballet was big enough to knock him over. Do you know what I'm saying? 
And yeah, I, just, I always thought he was a micro machine version of Adama Traore. Like the the final product always goes wanting. Yeah, I just, I just, I mean, I like Lucas. I really want him to be better, but and obviously, yeah, we'll all be great for those goals. But like I said, I mean, that's what coaching comes into. I mean, yeah, thankfully for well, I suppose for him, he's quite lucky for us, I guess that Brazil, unless they're doing training at White Hot Lane, are very unlikely to pick him. I think that's the last time they picked him. It was like, oh. He, you know, I think they were training at what um, Spurs Lodge, what was it, the training facility. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember you. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, you're Brazilian. Yeah, running down the same or something. Yeah. Yeah, it was, just, it was just one of those things. But for me, I just, I just think, yeah, he hasn't got all the parts yet. He may have to that. Obviously, he likes 3-4-3. That's his formation. Um, or 3-5-2, whatever you want to call it. But for me, Lucas isn't that player right now. No, we so, need a Lataro. We need a Lataro. We we need a Dybala. We need somebody that can play off of Harry Kane. And for whatever reason, it's it's not Sonny right now either. Sonny's not finding himself in positions with open looks. I feel like Sonny's not even finding himself on the on the break like Sonny normally does. Like those runs either aren't coming off or aren't being made, or the timing is not there. Now, granted, we don't have a creative force in the middle of the field, Sans Tongi and Dombele, who can't necessarily find the pitch right now. Go ahead, Andrew. No, I was going to – I want you to finish your point. I, I want to – this is a perfect lead into what I want to talk about next. Yeah, so we don't necessarily have a creative force in the middle uh, of the pitch right now. And so Sonny doing Sonny things on that left wing isn't necessarily something that's coming off. He ends up holding a play and looking for the overlap a lot of the times or looking to pass it back to the middle and rotate to more, to, to more central options. And so, like, if you don't have somebody that can rotate off of the main striker, especially on that right-hand side, it really kind of – it allows defenses to kind of shade Sonny a little bit and put him in the corner. And that really cuts off the majority of our offense, Andrew. And what that leads to is what I was talking about in the chat, which is Harry Kane essentially being our number 10 and then also being expected to be the most lethal to be striker. Number nine. Right. Yeah. Which is, which is really tough. I, and that, and, and you've perfectly led me into the, t- the discussion I want to have. And you're right about son. He and Kane are not linking up like they were last season. And as I've been saying since before the season, who could expect them to? They set records last season. Nobody could expect them to be to be that again, or really even, let's be honest, be, be half of that again. Um, you had to expect regression. But Kane, this was the first match that I've seen from him all season where he actually played pretty well, I thought. I thought he really put in a shift. Um, I thought that he held up play really nicely. Um, I was just... I don't know. I wasn't. It wasn't a blow me away performance, and it obviously didn't come with the goals and the assists. But I thought Harry Kane actually, for the first time all season, looked like he wanted to be there and and put in a shift. Well, I think having a manager like Conte. I mean, I mean, I, I know him and um, Costa fell out, but Costa had one of his best seasons in England under Conte, under Antonio Conte, Lukaku, and the transformation that he had at, at Inter. It was remarkable. I mean, just, I mean, obviously, yeah, he's been under some very good managers. Obviously, Jose had signed him, obviously, for Man United. But, he, you know, Lukaku, he said, look, I've learned so much from Antonio Conte about when to move, the half spaces, everything. And I think, obviously, we have Harry's England GTs and, you know, that doesn't, you know, he hasn't got, he hasn't got, Conte hasn't got him for a lot, for a lot, just because of, you know, he is, he is England captain. But I really think that, if he can just get some quality time with him and just say, look, I'm going to work him. Because I think there was that motivation. There's a bit of fire there. He looks a bit leaner. I don't know if that's any, any you know. But there was, there was a bit more fitness about him. 
And I think that the one of the things I noticed, I mean, I'm going to talk the second goal, but Harry Kane is not a free kick taker. I don't can't remember any free kick he's taken that hasn't hit the wall. And <laughs> the fact that he just is decided, no, do you know what? I'm not going to take it. Now, maybe under Nuno, I mean, I think Jose indulged him and let him do whatever he want. If a player's doing brilliantly for you, why wouldn't you let him indulge him and do whatever you want? And Nuno, I don't think, had the personality or the or the instinct, really, to be able to like tell Harry Kane, do this, do that. I think he, you know, you look at Harry Kane, he's about to take it, and then he, it's as if he's given an instruction or something, some, some word in his ear, and I'm like, no, I'm not taking this. My job is not to take this. I'm going to let Eric Dyer take it. And to be fair, it's not, the, it's not the worst free kick, not the best free kick either. He just luckily ended up in a goal for us. But I think there is an authority there. And they recognise there's an authority there because, and I, I'm, I mean, I'm, and I'll say this on the blue I think January will not be about who comes in. It's about who the hell we can get rid of. If who Conte says, do you know what? You are not in my plans. No offence. Um, um, TC, you say you said you said it best about, I can't, well, I, can't, I can't remember how you phrased it, but something about you're not good enough. Thank you very much. Goodbye. You had a more colourful way of saying it. but <laughs> Are you shocked by that, Shoops? Um, it was not really. Some- <laughs> Something to the effect of "Thank you very much for your service. Please get fucked." Something like that, yeah. And I think that's what we need to do. I think we need Conte to say, "Do you know what? I can't coach these players. I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not going to waste my bandwidth with these guys." And for me, the bigger name he does that to, the better. Because I agree with that. I oh, I agree with that completely. Gosh, let's go, Shoes. Keep it moving. Well, let me so, ask you guys a question though. Who who's the player that he in his brief? I mean, it, what has it been three weeks since he's been here? Who is the player that he hasn't used that that he, he's really buried? I mean, I guess Matt Darty would be that player. Yeah, I don't think he's. Oh no, he actually used Darty at one point as a sub. Um, I don't think there's a player out there that he hasn't at least used a little bit. It might be Lacelso. Who does he use Lacelso? I thought that he might. I've got a feeling it might be Lacelso. I think he used Lacelso. So Lacelso had that horrible game for um, against Everton. Obviously, I think he was. He was. Was he injured against Argentina as well? For Argentina, he got injured for Argentina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as I know, he was injured going into today as well. But I mean, I guess my point is, it's not like he hasn't. You, I mean, he brought on Deli Ali as a sub today. He obviously started Harry Winks. Um, you know, Ryan Sessegnon got on the pitch today. It's not like he hasn't used certain players. Um, that that everyone thinks could be on the outs. So I guess it, it's gonna. I think it's my point is I think it's gonna take more time than in January. I think you're gonna see that next summer. Um, I think Probably. January is going to be about bringing in some reinforcements to potentially push for a European place with this team. Maybe even fourth place if if you feel confident enough. Now now Conte made some comments after the game today, talking about how he feels like top four is a lofty goal at this point with this team, but guys, I mean, this team is only four points back of West Ham for fourth right now. Now the other three teams, you talk about Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool. Yeah. Those are, (laughs) those are dreams. You can, you can keep those in your dreams. Um, But I don't think, you know, as good as West Ham have been and all all credit to West Ham, as much as I want to, you know, swallow my words when I say that West Ham have been good and you have to give them credit for the, for the start to the season they've had, but, but it's also, it's 12 games. I mean, it's 12, I don't have to give them credit for shit. Fuck those guys. <laughs> We're about a third of the way through the season, though, and this team is four points off of fourth after everything they've been through. So I don't think anything is off the table. 
I don't think no. And Harry Kane isn't scoring goals, Andrew. Right, right. Like, I mean, that's the whole thing about this. We're we're coming into a very favorable position in the schedule for ourselves. Between it's hectic and it's favorable, so we're getting a lot of games and a lot of winnable games. So we can make up a lot of points in the table between now and the end of the calendar year. So as I'm looking at that, I'm and I'm looking at the fact that Conte, you know, Kane is rounding into form, scoring seven goals in two games or whatever it was for England, and like against San Marino and Albania. That, that, it doesn't matter. Well, it doesn't matter whether it was. It doesn't matter. You know whether it was. You know, it doesn't really matter. It, well, it does, it does though because he also scored a second half hat trick against uh, who the fuck it was in the in the conference league. Like, it doesn't matter. I I need Harry Kane <laughs> to score goals because the striker position is a confidence position. So if he's banging in a hat full against you and and your mates, I don't even care. It's him banging in goals will translate eventually to him banging in goals for Tottenham. And I, I think that's just a fact when you're talking about a striker. Um, the other thing was, like I said, is that if he gets some sort of reinforcement, some sort of creative reinforcement, so we're getting a, a creative uh, ball to him in the box instead of hoping that he's not triple teamed as Reggie's throwing something in there from the left-hand side, which is what we saw ad nauseum today and what we saw ad nauseum against Everton. And it's just not working well. Uh, th- then it's going to elevate our ability to compete for, um, I think, I think top four is something that is very achievable for this team. And yeah, I'm the optimist here and that's fine. But as I look at the other teams that are sitting between us and European space uh, places and teams that are in our, you know, of our ilk currently, um, I, I'm not fearful of those teams. No, no, TC, I'm, I'm normally the negative one and I actually completely agree with you. I mean, you're talking about West Ham Arsenal and your level on points with wolves. Um, Arsenal have had a good run of games, but, but they're fucking Arsenal. They're not that great. And they held fucking four against Liverpool yesterday. They can eat the fattest dick. Right. Wolves. We've seen them. They, they're not all that, um, but we're level on points with them. And then you look at even the teams, uh, you know, trailing Tottenham right now on the table. Man United, who are going through a managerial shift right now. Um, Brighton, who are fucking Brighton. And and Palace, who, you know, Tottenham got spanked by, but are somehow three points better than right now. So, you know, the, it's it's obviously it's so early in the season, but I agree with you. I think that with this managerial change that Tottenham have gone through in the last few weeks, I think we're already just seeing signs of improvement, which is what we want. It's all we wanted. We wanted more fitness out of this team. We wanted... You know, the, the offense is still still yet to come quite yet, but this team entered today with nine goals scored in the Premier League and they scored two. So already we're seeing something good happening, right? We had a show on goal and everyone was like, what's it? What's it? There's a bit with it. Was, I forgot the name from um, Steve Carell's character in The Office. And there's that gift of him. Oh, yeah. Something, Michael like, Scott, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like one of those things because that's how that's that's how low our expectations were. Let's just have a shot on goal, please. Just like anything. I but, mean, look, everyone yeah. saw the graph. Everyone saw the graphic, I'm sure. But first half attempts on goal to 11 in the second half. Shots on goal, none of them in the first half. Four in the second half. They hit the so, woodwork three times in the second half. That um, one. That was tough to watch. I, right. I, yeah. The XG between first half and second half, 0.06 to 2.07. Um, and here's another big one. 
five touches in the box in the first half to 18 in the second half. I mean, that says a lot. When you're creating, you're getting touches in the box. You're putting pressure on that other team to either stick a foot in or, you know, make a great play to stop you from doing what you're doing. So the fact that they were able to do those things, I mean, it was a it was a complete switch flip from from first to second half, and it was beautiful to watch. Well, I think he's only had, what, three or four days tops with the players? Since with the whole team, the, sure. The whole squad. So I think the fact that I, I have no idea when the next point of international break is going to be. You know, Not until, I think the, like, March. Oh, is that something right? Like that. It's something yeah, like that. I think, I think you've got, like, the playoffs for the World Cup. I think you have those. And I think England aren't in, aren't in the playoffs, so we qualify somehow. And I think Portugal, but none of our players... I think are going to be affected by playoffs and that kind of stuff. So I think it's going to be like pointless friendlies and that kind of shit. I think, and I think unless there's some players going to African Cup of Nations, and I don't think there'll be any, don't think that, that's happening. So I personally feel that it's something that he's got the squad. He's going to drill them incessantly. I mean, I mean like this literally, I think I, mean, I know next week is your Thanksgiving, but I think for these guys, Thanksgiving is canceled. There'll be no <laughs> turkeys. There'll be no sweet potato pie. There is none of that. This is going to so, be hard, by the way. By the way, I'll correct myself. There is an international break at the tail end of January into February, but that still is, you know, that's two months away. Um, and then there's another one in March as well. So that's that's still, you know, this team is going to have a lot of games coming up here, especially with the the holiday fixtures, and the games are somewhat favorable as well. Like this team could really start Let's talk to about that. Yeah, let's let's. Well, let, I'll tell you what. I, I, I do want to talk about that, and there's a few other topics I've got on my list. Let's do that right after a quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back into the Tottenham Depot. I'm your host, Andrew, joined by Shuban and Todd. And uh, right before the break, we start, we're going to start talking a little bit about the fixtures coming up because, um, as we mentioned, there's not another international break until the end of January. And, you know, Thanksgiving over here in the States is later this week. We're starting to get into that run where the fixtures get heavy and things get to running fast. So Spurs play in the Conference League again this Thursday and then again uh, in two weeks against Wren. That was the final two matches of the Conference League group stage. But um, a lot of Premier League matches in there in between now and the end of the calendar year, as well as that um, that League Cup quarterfinal against West Ham uh, on the 22nd of December. So, you know, we were just talking about it a little bit during the break, Todd, but there's there's some room to really make some, some headway and, and gather up some points in the league here in this run of fixtures, right? I see a potential 12 to 15 points before Christmas in the league, which is stuff my stocking with that. That would be wonderful. Let's go. So, because I mean, honestly, as we're talking about it, boys, like it's, it's Burnley, right? Um, at turf more, which good. That's fun. Uh, at least we're doing that soon rather than December. (laughs) 
right? And then we're looking at uh, Brentford at home. We're looking at uh, Norwich at home. We're looking at Brighton at the Amex. And we're looking at Leicester at the King Power. And then we're looking at Liverpool at home. And so, like, I honestly, I, I think that there are 12 to 15 points in there for us. And that's taking into account um, that Liverpool are coming to, you know, number 17. And that uh, when you, we go to the King Power Stadium, um, Harry Kane usually owns Cash for Schmeichel, uh like he's his little bitch. So there's that. Chilon, does this run of fixtures give you any pause or is it, are you kind of encouraged the way we're starting to look like, you know, under this new manager that this could be a good run, especially with the likes of Brentford and Norwich on that schedule? I'm a Spurs fan, so I did look forward to anything. It's just an, an acronym or something. But uh, um, for me, I'm just hoping that, you know what, let's just avoid injuries because obviously we're, we're coming to literally for those, you know, literally the wind. Our winter's now finally kicked in now. I am having to wear trousers rather than my normal shorts because it's finally getting really cold. And now you're going to have, I mean, and not only that, you've got a much tougher training regimen, cold, you're going to have, you know, there's possibly soft, soft tissue, soft muscle tissue injury. So for me, it's just about getting, keeping our players fit, getting them through and just match my match. I'm not going to look, obviously I was looking forward to Christmas and everything because I was hoping to meet, come out and see you guys. That may not may that still that may that may not happen, um, but for me, yeah. But um, for me, I, the way I see it is, let's just get that we just get past Mora. I'm interested to see who he plays. I'm hoping he won't play Harry Kane. I'm hoping Harry Kane gets rested, and I'm I'm interested to see if he's going to give people like say Delhi, you know, Delhi and Brian Hill, and uh, because I think one of the things we saw um, when um, Dane Scarlett was playing is that. Dane Scarlett had no support. He had no service or anything. He was right. up there isolated by himself. So I'm hoping that we will see. Because you know what? When we talked about Skip, well, Skippy, I think he'll play. Because Skippy was a freak for Norwich. Played like 70,000 games from last season. But I think we can actually see a Skip Tangank, Skip uh, Tang and Dombele in the middle. I think, for some reason, I've got a feeling we're going to see that. And I think we'll I see would a like front that. I'll see a front three. I wouldn't mind seeing a front three of Dele Alli, Brian Hill, and Dane Scarlett. And just the instruction being... I like that. Play on the front foot. I don't, I don't know who the win-backs will be. Maybe Sessegnon, because obviously we still haven't got minutes today. It probably will be Doherty, or Doherty, however you say it, on the right. But I don't hate yeah, that. But, but, you know, but I'm, I'm saying, I think I'm not looking past that. I think he has been... Conte, first of all, how good is those... How good, how good is his tailor, by the way? Conte's tailor. I mean, that's so suits him. Bloody hell. He's just immaculately dressed. Let me just but, tell you, if you've, and, and I've said this before, but especially coming from Milan, like, <laughs> even the baristas are dressed like Armani models, brother. I'm telling you, it is a wild business over there. So no, 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 that, no, is, no, that think, is not a shocker. But I just think <laughs> that he's said that one game at a time, he's still got his ideas. He's still got a lot of things to figure out. I think we only just recently hired a goalkeeping coach, is it? That, that's, that, that, that guy just came over just in the last week or so. Well, so to he's be fair, a lot, a lot of things together. To, so a lot of parts. <laughs> to be fair, I mean, you do have Hugo as your keeper, so that gives you a little bit of chance to. Yeah, there's only one goalkeeper that really needs coaching on this roster, <laughs> and it ain't Hugo Lloris. Uh, yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure that you can coach what that guy needs help with. <laughs> I'm not bar, Scotty. It's not bar, Scotty. 
I'll actually be really interested to see if he gets a game on Thursday because if you remember back to the last Ooh. Europa Conference League yeah. match, Hugo played. It was Conte's first match in charge. I'll be interested to see if if Galini gets back in the cage um, for for Thursday. I, I, I don't think he. Well, we what, what, I think what we want to make sure we want to avoid seeing is I think what Nuno made a huge mistake was he let I think he I can't remember when he went was it when we went to Arnhem or something and he left a whole bunch of players behind or something. I don't see Conte doing that. I think Conte will take all the players with him just because he'll, he'll want to have time with them. He may not play them. He may not play them, but he is going to be, I can imagine Conte being not like the boss from hell, but someone that's always overlooking your shoulder. Do you know what I mean? Always scrutinizing everything you do, trying to get your feedback of like, oh, this person works. I mean, he is someone that is just so intense that will just drive you absolutely bonkers. If, Things results don't go your way. If results go your way, you will love the guy. You will, you know, you might, you might not like it, but then, you know what? There's method to the madness. And I'm thinking that, you know what? I, so I think there will be a completely different eleven um, for for this game. Maybe Hugo might stay just because he wants to see, you know, he wants to get a bit of consistency or something. So he, just, so he doesn't feel like a completely like, you know, there's sort of just a Europa League, Europe Conference League team and a Premier League side. So he might just have. Um, so Hugo Lloris in, in goal for that. But I think we will see, I think the mistake Nuno, I think, I mean, I don't want to have, give Nuno, Nuno was out of his depth. I think he really was. I think yes. we were, a, Agreed. I, I think, I'm not saying that we were, I, and I don't, I don't want to have Jose or anything else like that, but there were a lot of problems and I just don't feel that with the, the sheer amount of scrutiny and everything else, the sheer amount of pressure that was on him. This just wasn't for him. I think, you know, the board, whatever, have, have hired the right man this time, and they're gonna let him do his thing. Well, and, listen, there's just there's him. levels, man. There's levels, right? And, and, and I absolutely agree. There's there's there are certain people that are meant for the brightest lights, and and I guess the best comparison that we can make in America is there's certain people that are meant to play and manage in New York, and certain people that wither under those lights. And I think that you could look at Nuno as somebody who um, took the opportunity like any of us would and said, hell yeah, let me let me prove myself. Let me let me prove that I'm not good enough to take this job. And well, to be entirely fair, I think that he proved where his level was and that's OK in life. But I absolutely agree with you, Shubes. I think we found a guy that fits our level. And, and I think that level and and club direction and club ambition and. Uh, you know, a director of football that with whom you have familiarity and uh, when you speak the same language, literally and figuratively, um, is really important. And probably you have the same tailor, Shubes. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, no, all of all of that, all of that's very true. I am really interested to see what happens on Thursday, though. Um, just because you know, to watch today. It's at five o'clock, isn't that some stupid? It's nine forty. It's nine forty-five Pacific time for us, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be a nice morning. I'll be off work. It'll be Thanksgiving out here in the states. And oh yeah, yeah so you guys watch it. You guys will be. Oh yeah, Thanksgiving here yeah, because I I did not fall asleep. I was just resting my uh, eyes. My the smell of turkey will be wafting through my through my home while I watch Spurs. Um, hopefully oh. get a get a four nil or a five nil away to. Mer- well, it's it. Is it is it away? Yes, it's, it's away. It's away, Savinia. Because actually, one of my friends, Chris. He's actually because we had, so because of the increasing COVID numbers in this country, which I think it is something that does worry me a little bit, just because in Europe COVID numbers are going like crazy. So that does worry me a little bit, just in terms of that might colour the thinking. 
about who we say favorite, who we don't, that kind of stuff. But um, but no, for me, I'd like to think that you know, if we could get you know, machine Wolverine gets to get you know, pass all their tests and everything else, I would like to see how Ryan Sesame does. I've only seen Ryan Sesame on once this season, and that was for the U23s against Chelsea, and he was awful. He clearly wasn't fit. He was clearly out of shape. Yeah, and he was, and then, and then, and which, which, which makes sense because I think, I think a few, about a week later he broke down again. So for me, it's about if, if I'm training under Conte, I'm like, I've got a role. I mean, if I'm Richie, I'm looking at it thinking, yeah, oh, I don't, I don't want you taking my place. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put mayonnaise on your food, but I'm gonna do whatever I can <laughs> to, to try and keep you, you know, try and keep my spot. And I think we need that. I mean, the only thing that worries me a little bit is that right wing back. I think I don't think we have enough quality there. And if Skip is out, I mean, I, I think Hoiberg and Skip work well, but without, you know, we've seen, I mean, Skip is, what, 19, 20. And Winks, who's been in the team for many years, has struggled to really replace him. Yeah. yeah. No, it's yeah, no, true. They're not, they're not the same, dude. Guys, before we get out of here, I've got one more. And unfortunately, Shuban, this is not exclusionary whatsoever, but it's more of a U.S.-based question. Um, earlier this week, uh, it was announced that NBC is going to continue broadcasting the games here in the United States uh, for another six years. I just wanted to get see if you had any thoughts on that, Todd, if there was any kind of disappointment or excitement out of you uh, because of that uh, decision that was made. Fuck! <laughs> All right, well, that's short and sweet and to the point. Well, uh, the- I'm about, are they the bad network that always seems to have games but doesn't show them? Or is that, is that the other... Is that the other- Network. Yeah, I mean they have their they have their streaming service Peacock where they put a lot of the games. In fact, next um, next Sunday Spurs will be on Peacock. Um, all the games next Sunday are on Peacock, their streaming service, and and that's a an extra platform, a paid platform that you have to subscribe to. So um, that's been a the a lot of the beef with NBC over the last year and a half, and they're eliminating the NBC Sports Network at the end of the of the calendar year. So all of the games will go to a different network, a different cable network, and it's just. It's a little bit of a shit show there, but um, they've. I, I do. I do think that NBC has done a pretty good job of growing the game in the states over the last decade or so. But I think a lot of people wanted to see it get go somewhere else. Well, I think. I think the problem is that essentially, isn't it? I mean, I don't, I don't know what the ratings are. I don't know who the competition is at that time, and in terms of like what other people can watch at that time. Obviously, because I'm not physically in your country, but I think the amount of work that they've done. I mean. I mean, was it, is it Sudeikis? Is that the guy? Yeah, yeah Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, and they, they really have made it an engine, really, because they've really looked at this and thought, well, do you know what? We need live football. We need live something. Because everyone streams everything now. Everyone streams. Nobody watches anything live. And I think, uh, you know, what was it? Arby? Someone said, someone showed me a video. Of, was it a picture of Arby's or something? How much they're paying to actually be a, be a sponsor? I have no idea. But if if the, if the Premier League has been spent the twenty eight billion pounds for six years, if I'm a sponsor, I'm thinking, she's a little. I've got to raise my game, and you know, and that money, you know, hopefully will filter down the pyramids. I think because if they're paying that, they're, they're not paying it because they're you know they're out of the shit, out of the shit, goodness of their hearts. They're paying it because they get interest. So clearly, what they've done has worked. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It is a money game for sure. Well, and the other thing is, is that we're in, and, and I've harped on this before and I actually have to get out of here, gentlemen. So this is the last thing that I want to say is that we're actually coming into by, by all accounts, kind of the golden generation of American football at, at this stage. 
Shuvan, where we're actually seeing uh, names like Christian Pulisic lift Champions League oh, trophies. Oh. And I mean, whether however you feel about the guy, he scored again yesterday. Like, I, I mean, and you're looking at it going as far as a vehicle is a game for the game is concerned in this country, like him and Weston McKinney and Tyler Adams and all of these guys playing on Europe's biggest stages, and lift, lifting big ass trophies, your Jorginho Dest wearing a Barcelona kit, like all of these things are the, the type of um, country in like indicators from a marketing perspective that the game is on a trajectory that's only going to get better. Um, and I, and I don't necessarily think that you could have said that 10 years ago. I think that yeah. we got to a very stagnant place as a country. Uh, and I'm, honestly, it led to us missing the world cup most recently in, in the most recent uh, world cup cycle. Um, and I think that there was a lot of, Actually, all credit to Jurgen Klinsmann. To be entirely fair, I think that he laid it down to the to the. Um, you were president five years ago. I was there. No, I was no, there on. five years ago. I was there five years ago. I remember Ben. He was bloody apoplectic five years ago. Absolutely, but let me let me bring to the point that I don't necessarily appreciate the way that Jurgen handled it. But what I will say is that I appreciate Jurgen Klinsmann because he laid it on the table to the federation and said, "Listen, the game is passing you by." You're grabbing for the money and you're missing that it's at the cost of the game. And I yep. think that slowly but surely we figured out a way to embrace the things that he was trying to impart on us while still making a shit ton of money because that's what we do. Um, and But ultimately, because of the changes that we've made, we're starting to see the fruits of our labor. And we're starting to see kids run around our parks wearing Christian Pulisic jerseys and saying, pretending they're Pulisic and pretending that they're Weston McKinney. And these are the types of things like you're seeing guys with American swagger on the world's biggest footballing stage do American shit. And kids can put that on their wall here. And that matters. How about and it? As, and as weird as, as, weird as, it is, as weird as it is to say, NBC, I think, has had something to do with that. In, you're in absolutely their coverage, right. In their coverage of the Premier League. So. That's you know that's as as as, as bad of a but that job doesn't mean, do that sometimes. doesn't mean that it's it's easy to watch and it's and it's right. good like listen so I work exactly. in user experience right that doesn't mean that it's a good user experience it doesn't mean that it, the the exactly. user interface is up to snuff it doesn't mean that I want to watch it you nailed that you nailed that that's one hundred percent right. Well, guys, uh, I, thank you for chiming in on that. I, I just wanted to touch on that because I know that uh, people will have the interest. But um, that's all the time we've got for today. Uh, we'll be back with you next week to dissect two more games, Murrah and Burnley. Uh, another trip to Turf Moor, which is, you know, always fun to have two of those done by the end of November. <laughs> but uh, we'll be back to dissect it here on the Tottenham Depot. Thanks again for, for bearing with me through my voice and everything else. Uh, you can follow Shuban at The Real Shuban. You can follow Todd at TC underscore Kasho. Follow me at Aesthetica. And follow the podcast on both Twitter and Instagram at Tottenham Depot. Until next week, we'll talk to you then. As always, come on, you Spurs. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot. And as always, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>